The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. There you go, big quote from Brent Venables yesterday saying, well, I was involved last year. I was. I was involved defensively. But I'm going to be even more involved this year defensively because that's what I know and that's what got me to this point to being the head football coach at OU. Travis, uh, what, what, what's your immediate reaction when you, when you hear that from uh, BV? It's, to me, I love it, first of all, because it sounds like he's taking growth as a head coach extremely, extremely seriously, right? Because, yeah, you, you want to do what got you there, right? Defense is what got him into this position. He's one of the preeminent minds, defensive minds over the last 25 years. But – you know, these coaches, they get in the constant battle of, do I go the CEO route, much like we see from, you know, a Kirby, a Nick Saban, even like Dabo, like where you just fully trust your coordinators and everything like that, and you kind of run the CEO route, or do you, you know, do you dive in on the defense, because that's why you're there. Now, last year, when we had a defense in the triple digits, a lot of us are saying, man, I really wish he would have done this a little bit earlier, but None of the result of how bought in or not bought in he is on the defense is what matters to me. What matters to me is he's taking his own growth seriously within his position, and that is evidenced by him getting more involved in the defense. I have to assume now that he is taking his own growth in clock management. He's taking his own growth seriously in you know, how he handles the offense and their speed and, and that kind of thing. Like, it just show, it's a good sign to me that he's having these type of conversations. 918, I'm okay with Venables getting more involved, but wasn't a struggle last year. On-field coaching, time management, et cetera, was. You know, <laughs> Burt Venables has been asked enough this offseason, like, hey, what's the biggest difference from year one to year two? So much so that during the press conference yesterday it was like, Geez, okay, I've been, I've been asked about this enough, you know, so far. I, I like it. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing if the arguably the greatest defensive mind or one of the greatest defensive minds in college football right now has more of an impact on the OU defense. There were times last year, John, where I said, oh, I want to see that animated Brent Venables that I've always seen. I, I kind of want to see that as a head coach too. I, I don't hate it at all. I like it that he's more involved defensively. Well, I think he was finding his footing last year, right? And uh... – he didn't find it fast enough at six and seven. We can all agree with that. So to hear that he's making adjustments and not trying to be stubborn to a way of coaching or a, metho- a methodology of coaching is a step in the positive direction because it would be much more concerning if he said, I'm going to be involved the same amount as I was last year because look at how well that worked for us. Like that would drive all of us or it should drive all of us completely crazy. So to hear him say, hey, last year, because what he's saying under his breath is, hey, that didn't work last year. Whatever that was, whatever that level of involvement was, was a failure. So I have to do something different so that we don't have the same outcome. And for that reason, 
I'm happy for it. We all three have three bold OU predictions for the season. Text line, I know you got bold predictions as well for this upcoming football season. Send them in, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, go ahead and lead us off, Travis, with big, bold OU prediction number one of yours. Big, bold OU prediction. There will be three touchdown passes thrown this season by somebody outside of the quarterback room. That could be combined. That could be one person. I think they get a bit creative on offense and start 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 a, a bit of trickeration. I would think of the uh, running backs immediately who could be throwing passes. I, Gavin Freeman, I was to me, Gavin feels Freeman. like he could throw it. And Stoops, deep I was down thinking Stoops. Drake Stoops throwing a touchdown pass would be uh, yeah. would be epic. Okay, so uh, take some, taking some chances with some trick plays this year. Three touchdown passes by non-OU quarterbacks. John, what's number one for you? This is uh, – I'm, I'm putting this number one because it's the most bold. So maybe also could be read as most unlikely to happen of the three I've got. But the most bold prediction, and it, it will indicate that we've had a good year, is a defensive player will be a first-team All-American. Ooh. And I've got two in mind. First team all, not first team all Big Twelve. First That's team been all difficult American. enough recently. Been, yes, but we first I, team all American. I think we've got two dudes out there with another year in this system, have an opportunity, a chance, a chance. Who? But, uh, Bowman and Stutzman. Bowman and Stutzman. And my money's on Bowman. I think Billy Bowman is set to have a monster year. He's got all the support from from Harrington. The two corners are better. I just think he's another year in the system. My money's on Bowman, but uh, Stutzman could absolutely jump in there. Bold prediction number one for me, and this one is bold, but guys, I am buying into the Tawie Walker hype. I, I just am. And I don't think that he leads the team in rushing, but I think that he is going to lead the team in touchdowns because I think he's going to be your short yardage, your late game, and maybe even your goal line situation running back. And I think he's going to get other carries Outside of that as well, um, DeMarco Murray loves the guy. He was listed as a co-starter on this team. I think that both Barnes and Sawcheck will have a big impact, but I say, uh, I say Tawi Walker leads this team in touchdowns, and he better have three this year and get out to an early lead if that's, <laughs> if that's going to be the case. Travis, what's a uh, big, bold number take uh, for you? Another one. Now, this is, I think a lot of this had to do with, you know, the timing of like an SEC move, wanting to get some of the young guys up to, uh, uh, up to speed early. I think true freshman Oklahoma Sooners will combine for 10 touchdowns this year. And that does not include passing touchdowns from Jackson Arnold. So 10, does that does defensively count? Yes. If old Pitbull Wagner takes one back, to, are, are you factoring that in, or you just think that yep. there's 10 offensive touchdowns? Nope, 10 total touchdowns, whether that's a P.J. scooping score, whether that's Peyton Bowen or Josiah Wagner, you know, return, you know, pick six, whether that's a Peyton Bowen, you know, kickoff return, whether that's, uh, you know, You're counting all Petaway Smothers to have a or Caleb Hicks or Petaway or even Cade McIntyre maybe working himself late into the season into some tight end looks like – I think the youth movement is real. Uh, I think it's going to be intentional. And I think 10 touchdowns from true freshman not named Jackson Arnold. John, what's number two? I'm going the opposite 
uh, of Travis in the in the age from the from an age perspective. This guy's a senior, maybe a super senior, who knows, with a COVID year or whatever. Austin Stogner will have ten touchdown receptions. Jeez. He is going to be. He is going to that be might dealt. lead the team. If it, he's got 10. it might. It might. It, it would have led the team last year. I think he will lead the team in touchdowns, and he will be the security blanket that Dylan Gabriel has been waiting for. Austin Stogner has ten touchdowns. Number two for me. You mentioned Dylan Gabriel, and I think it's a bold prediction because a lot of people really like Jackson Arnold. I saw a text just a couple of minutes ago that says uh, Arnold will start five games. Dylan Gabriel will start every game this year for OU. He oh. will not miss a start. He will start every single game. Which, by the way, when is when's the last time that that has been the case? Dylan Gabriel didn't start every game last year, right? Um, Rattler didn't start every single year or every single game before that. Rattler would have in twenty. Did Rattler start every single game in twenty twenty? Yes. Okay, and then twenty nineteen. Was hurt. It was hurt. Hurt started every game. Yeah, and then 2018, Kyler didn't start every game. 2017, Baker didn't start every game. So what's that? Three out of uh, two out of five years, you've had a quarterback start every game. Is that the number? Anyway, it hasn't been just consecutive years in a row where the starting quarterback to start the year start every game. Gabriel will start every game, and he will also be first team All Big Twelve at the end of the season. I like he's, it. He's I, having a big year, guys. He's yeah. Having a big I, th- year. I, I I think if that happens, I think he ends up. Finishing the year as the number five overall passing yards, uh, or on the uh, uh, all-time career passing yards list. If he starts uh, every game, I think he's number five. Number three for me is, for the first time since I believe 2016, we will have a punt return touchdown and a kickoff return touchdown. I just, oh, I just, I about please. passed out when I heard that. I about passed out. Please. Special teams could be back around here. Really? I, be- I believe the last time was 2016 when Joe Mixon and D.D. Westbrook accomplished that uh, feat in the same season. So, yes, I think with Brent Venables' discussions about, you know, being more, again, intentional, being better at special teams, field position, how big that was last year, a couple yards here, a couple yards there, uh, I think we've got a lot of explosive athletes that can handle those return duties, and, uh, and, and we're due. It feels like we're due. Well, and we talked about it earlier in the show, if we can get off the field on third down and not give them a chance to go for it in fourth down, we could have 20 more, uh, 20 more opportunities. Yeah, no wonder year. there's been no punt returns. Yeah. The we've we've, had, we've had 20 to 25 less opportunities last year just because everybody went for it on fourth down and converted against us. Number three for you, John. Um, when the depth chart came out, it, it, it colored this decision because this was – this bold prediction, when I first conceived it, was based on the fact that I thought Barnes and Sawchuck were going to start and be, the, and be the main ball carriers. But I still feel like I can't go away from it. I believe in it. I believe in DeMarco Murray. I believe in the talent in that room. Two running backs will rush over 900 yards. I don't hate that one. Two running backs will rush over I think, 900 yards. I definitely think the quarterback run game is going to be more of a part of the offense. I think Levy basically confirmed that earlier this week. But that doesn't mean that they can't have – Two running backs with over 900 yards this year. You, you, didn't, just, want to go, you didn't want to go 1,000, though? You didn't want to go that aggressive? I, I, no, I don't because I think, I think we're going to see – I think we could see three. <laughs> I, well, for real, when I thought it was Barnes and Sawchuck, I would have said 1,000. But now seeing Tawi Walker and, 
and Marcus Major getting the love that they're getting, getting the starts yeah. that they're getting, I, it impacted. You're saying life. if it was, hey, it's Barnes and Sawchuck. I would have said over a thousand yards. I would have said that would have been. They both would have been over. But a thousand they're not going to get as many carries. That's as correct. the First three games. That's as you, correct. Uh, thought before the year. Yep. Um, okay, here's something that's not a bold take. We all think the defense is going to be better, right? They have to be. They can't be they, worse. They have to be better than what they were a year ago. With the schedule this year that this team is going to play and the lack of great quarterbacks that are on the schedule and the defense being better, the jump is happening in year two. OU is going to have a top 25 defense nationally. Top 25 defense nationally. It's happening this year. Is that more And fun? honestly, uh, it doesn't mean that they have to be some elite defense yeah, to be a top 25 group with – you know some of the offenses that they're going to face. Is this that year. actual improvement or more schedule or more both, schedule? Both, both, You're, both. Yeah, the, yeah. That's why com- I'm factoring yep. in both on that one. Yep. So, all right. Text line has uh, got several guys. Says number one for me. General Booty scores a touchdown at a home game, and fans throw toilet paper rolls like we used to. <laughs> I love that one. That's that's great. Uh, Four oh five. I can see three running backs getting over seven hundred and fifty yards this year. Wow. Nine one eight. Gabriel will be going to New York for the Heisman this year. Not really bold in my eyes, but probably bold in others. Oh, that's definitely bold in my eyes. Yeah, Heisman Trophy finalist for sure. Yes. I mean, depends on uh, team success, right? I mean, depends on team yeah. success. If if we are, I don't know, hypothetical here. If we're an eleven one eleven and one Big Twelve champion, and Dylan Gabriel starts every single game, then he'll be in New York. He'll be in New York. Yep. I mean, he'll yep. be. You'll be a playoff team, and Dylan, in this offense, he's, they're going to put up a lot of points. They're going to put up a lot of yards. He's going to use his legs. So if he starts all year and we're 11-1, he's in New York. Yeah, OU's on the side of his helmet. He's a quarterback at OU, absolutely. KA and BA, OU will beat Texas in the Cotton Bowl and in the Big 12 championship game. Well, that just in itself makes this year a success. You beat Texas twice I don't after last you, year and win the Big 12, then you don't need anything good. else. Uh, Mark from Enos says, one, we don't allow a kickoff for a touchdown for first half of the year. Two, we don't have to watch the entire defense running after someone for a touchdown so much this year. Three, Gabriel's passes will be much better this year. A lot less inexplicable passes. Mark is saying that Gabriel's going to hit the layups this year, which I, 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 I don't hate. That needs to start on Saturday. Hopefully that's not that bold of a prediction, but after last year it could be. Let me read two more. Nine one eight says bold predict, or excuse me, bold prediction. It says bold prediction. It means bold prediction. Gavin Sawchuk will be in New York this coming December. Wow, that that is that is definitely a bold prediction. Yeah, I, I you you might win it on the bold prediction uh, scale there. That's I would root for it. Let's go. 918, 11 wins, beat Texas by eight in Dallas, win the Big 12 championship against Kansas State. That's Yankee sooner. And if a Big 12 championship prediction qualifies as a bold prediction, then three days before we kick things off, I'm going ahead and um, Travis, I'm going to lock in OU and Kansas State in the Big 12 championship in early December. That's it. Yeah. Not changing it. So UK State. Yeah, as have I. I mean, that's what it kind of I assume we were doing season predictions earlier. Um, I, I, I just can't trust Texas to get somewhere that they have shown that they are seemingly allergic to. So Kansas State, I think a lot of people forget that they won this conference last year. And Will Howard, I'm, I'm a believer. So we'll see. Uh, they've got the coach, they've got the quarterback, and they just won the Big 12. So uh, I, I think they will make it back to the Big 12 championship. But 
the two of the top three preseason favorites will get there. The one that won't get there out of those preseason favorites is the one that never gets there. Well, I think I am sucked into the delusion of doing a podcast with Kevin Miller every Uh-oh. week. Um, I think Texas will make the Big 12 championship, and we will curb stomp them. But they will make the Big 12 championship. And honestly, I think my only, my only rationale for that is you do have a returning quarterback, which is a premium in this league because there's not as many returning quarterbacks. I mean, that's about the nicest thing you could say about him from last year. That, but yes, and, he no, is I agree, and I agree with that. But they are loaded at receiver, and uh, they're talented in the def- on the defensive side of the ball. However, I don't think they're going to live up to that hype that everybody's getting them beyond that. But How I could do th- you? But I do think they make it to the Big 12 championship game only to get curb stomped by us. Three more, 918, bold prediction. Venables never says we're really close. That's, oh, that's a great sign. Jeez. Lloyd from El Reno says Stutzman wins the butt kiss. And 405, Andrew Anthony is your wide receiver. Number one is my cold take. Here's a bold prediction. Does, does Brent Venables warms up on the field on Saturday and not in the Jimmy Everest Center? What do we think? Um, yeah, they'll warm up. They'll, they'll warm up. <laughs> Unlike the two-lane game two years ago, which still angers me, they'll actually they'll like, warm men up on the warm field. up on the field because oh. they're going to have to play in hot weather, so they'll warm up in hot weather. Maybe they're even used to the to hot me, weather to by me, now. That was it's amazing. The, that was the ultimate sign of softness. Should have known. Oh, my gosh. Should have known at that moment. Uh, bold prediction, we get two bedlams from the 918. All right. We'll read uh, more of those, get to more OU and college football coming up next. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Live from Brown O'Haver today, 1901 Northmore Avenue. And if you've experienced a loss from fire, theft, tornado, or water, you need to call Brown O'Haver. 405-735-5510. That's 405-735-5510. More next right here on The Ref. The home of Sooner fans. Home for Sooner recruiting coverage. Home of your Sooner game day voices. Home of the best pre- and post-game coverage. Join the movement. Download the free KRF app now to listen anywhere, anytime. We are where diehard Sooner fans listen. It is the Rush on the Ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, John Whitson of Brown O'Haver and the Boomer Bevo podcast with us today. I've got good news for everyone wanting to support Julie Venables and wear pink on Saturday. It is confirmed we will have uh, pink T-shirts available at our pregame spots. Boyd Street Ventures will be there from 7 to 10 a.m. We salute Mrs. V. Some of you have seen our pink T-shirt designs and proceeds to that going to the OU Stevenson Cancer Center which is really cool, but we're supporting Miss V on Saturday, and if you want to support her as well and wear pink, well, Plank will be there from 7 to 8. I'll be there from 8 to 10. We will have not a, not a ton. We won't have 2,000 pink shirts to, uh, to, to sell or give out or anything like that, but there will be pink T-shirts at uh, Boyd Street Ventures on Campus Corner coming up on Saturday. All right, Brown O'Haver today. Again, if you've experienced a loss from fire, theft, tornado, or water, you need to call Brown O'Haver at 405-735-5510. So far, I've asked you for two examples, and you've given me two different examples that have uh, – you've gotten the clients uh, over $100,000 more in both of those examples. What else you got? Yeah, we had a client in Nichols Hills. They had a slab leak. Um, they contacted us right away and asked for some advice. They weren't ready to hire us yet. They just wanted to make sure they were going down the right path. We gave them some advice. Um, 
after two months of them not getting anywhere, they called us back and said, okay, we're ready to, we're ready to dive in. So they, they weren't denied, but they were basically being slow played. They weren't getting paid. Once we were able to get involved after just a few weeks of working the claim, we were able to get our client $131,000 and we're continuing to gather supplements. We're, we're likely to give them even more money as we continue. So the point is though, insurance companies, they don't want to pay and they certainly yep. don't want to pay quickly. So you want to get somebody involved in your claim process that works claims every single day. Most people will only handle one large loss in their life. We handle 50 large losses a month. So we know how to deal with insurance companies. We know how to deal with policies. We know how to get clients paid more money for their claim, and we know how to get it paid more quickly. 30 to 40% more, actually, than uh, doing it uh, on their own. That's, yep. what you, that's what you do. Brad O'Haver routinely gets clients 30 to 40% more money over than doing it on their own. Um, Travis, as it sits, what, about 47 hours before the announcement, I feel optimistic with OU's chances on five-star defensive lineman Dominic McKinley. Should I allow myself to get too excited, temper my expectations? Where are uh, things currently at with the five-star D lineman? Man, I'm hearing I'm hearing different things by the hour on this. Um, I've got like a couple different text threads going on it. Um, I, I've heard everything from Ohio State was feeling good about it. Uh, obviously, Larry Johnson, you always wonder when he's going to actually hang it up. You know, the legendary defensive line coach at Ohio State. He's probably the most decorated uh, defensive line recruiter uh, that's involved, definitely involved in this situation. Um, but, you know, the Texas smoke is kind of going away. A lot of people are saying, well, Dominic really didn't give a ton of information anyways. So it's not like there was a ton of confidence you know, in those uh, in that Texas smoke in the first place. So that has dissipated a bit. It still feels like OU and A&M, but I think it may be just a little bit of PTSD, Tyler, that's like, oh, good, a five-star defensive lineman between OU and A&M, yeah. and A&M's making a late push. I wonder what that could mean. I do know that Mom likes Todd Bates a lot. Uh, obviously, you know, with her very religious – you know, background and foundation that plays right into OU's hands, plays right into the sole mission hands. Uh, it's just all about getting getting Dominic uh, to see it the same way. Man, it'd be a big get. Number six class with him, according to 24-7. I don't know what he would be uh, or what OU would be on rivals. I'm sure they would be right outside the top five like they are on 24-7. But, geez, John, two five-star defensive linemen in six days if you get him. The, the hype, the excitement, the momentum would be unreal, dude. We talked about it on Locked In. It would be historic. Yeah. It I would, mean, that's, that's, that's it, I a mean, fair word. Listen, OU has had some uh, – and, and, you know, guys like Travis and Parker can kind of probably go back prior to the modern era of recruiting and give us some, some random classes that have been really good. But since 2000 or since Bob took over, this would be an historic class. And that's saying something with some of the classes that Bob had over the years. But to have two five-star defensive linemen fall in a six-and-seven season the year before you have to go into the SEC, it would be historic, it would be groundbreaking, and it would put us on a path to success that I can tell you we did not anticipate even two years ago. A lot can happen in 24 hours, especially when we're this close to the uh, decision dates. But, Travis, I'm not going to be all that shocked if, you know, there's not a whole lot of crystal balls in favor for – any particular school. And I know that Texas has the majority, if not all of the crystal balls and future cast right now, but I think that's mostly because 
the people who have forecasted Texas don't know exactly where to switch that pick from. And if they could switch that pick, they would. I I mean, the way it sits right now, I, I got to think we go into Friday really not knowing what the pick's going to be. So I don't think that he intentionally, you know, like made a big mystery of his recruitment, but it's it's quite the mystery of his recruitment, like, like 47 hours until he decides. Yeah, and, and that's why every little bit of information you, you kind of have to run with, right, guys? I mean, what we do know is that David Stone said in his interview that Dominic had been hitting him up about his recruitment and had been paying close attention um, even in even that week leading up to it. That means that he was interested in David Stone's recruitment, David Stone was not considering A&M. He was not considering Texas. He was not considering Ohio State. So that leads me to believe that he was curious if he was going to Oklahoma. So I don't think it's a situation where he was talking to David Stone and saying, oh, you're going to Oklahoma because I definitely don't want to play with you, David Stone, who would make my life a lot easier. Um, so I think you have to you have to consider that a little bit. I am still operating under the, look, I expect him to go somewhere else so I can just be – delightfully surprised and and I, and I think that's where OU fans should be on this um, I wouldn't get wrapped up in, in a ton of the you know predictions and whatnot because again the the information's been very hard to come across so just just assume the worst hope for the best and and just think what that Friday is going to be like if you're able to pull off this Jaden Jackson type last minute run to the top and Tyler this would this would this is why you hire Todd Bates this is why he doesn't have the connections. He doesn't have the, the David Stone best friends in the class. He doesn't have the, you know, even like a Williams Winery who, you know, we're still trying to flip, doesn't have all those Mosey connections and PJ and Caden Green and all the LSN stuff and this, that, and the other. Like, Dominic McKinley doesn't have those connections. This would be Todd Bates going into Louisiana and saying, I'll take that five-star. Thank you very much. And that's, that's what would make it the most impressive thing is you would not be able to trace this back or find some other, you know, reason to say, oh, well, this makes sense, this makes sense. No, this would be a Todd Bates special, and this is why you went and got him. From the 620 on the text line, if OU were to get Dominic McKinley Friday, how would that affect Nigel Smith? I, I think regardless of what Dominic McKinley decides, Nigel Smith's going to pick OU coming up on September 8th. Yeah, I mean, I it's, it's not a no, linear you're good. positional situation, right? Like, when you, when you think of Nigel Smith – um, think Rondell Bothroyd. That's how they want to use him. He's big enough to where, you know, traditional defensive end type. He, he's crazy explosive. I think last time I talked to him, he has like a 36-inch vertical or something like that at that size. Nigel Smith does. He's a monster on the basketball court. I mean, it's, they, it's not like a situation where we've got one spot left. They don't even play the same position. So, um, no, it, it won't affect Nigel Smith at all. And, Dominic McKinley and Nigel Smith know each other. If anything, Nigel Smith and his affinity for OU would help in this situation, Tyler. Sugar Shane in Newcastle. Apparently A&M has thrown the big, big plus, plus, plus bag at him today. It took you this long, A&M, to throw the, the big bag at Dominic McKinley? But I think, hard that's to pick up. I think that's... I think that's what they do, though, right? I mean, that's the thing is... is Sweeten the pot a little bit right before the announcement. Well, it's really hard for... I think that it's really hard for A&M to compete toe-to-toe with an Oklahoma, Ohio State, a Georgia, and Alabama, uh, like in terms of relationship and 
prestige of the school and all of that, if they have to go for eight months, you know, competing against other schools, that's hard on them. But to be able to come in at the end and go, here's the bag. Yeah. To, to me, that's the best strategy. It's clearly worked recruiting. It hasn't worked in football, but it's worked in the game of recruiting. 405, I heard Dom McKinley has been to as many church camps as football camps. If true, he ain't going to Austin, Texas. That's the Sodom of the Southwest. <laughs> Can that be OU Texas uh, week t-shirts this year? <laughs> Austin, Texas, the uh, Sodom of the Southwest. It is a pretty horrible place. It is pretty, yeah, it's pretty miserable. I did, Bunch I, of Californians out there now. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Which probably adds to uh, exactly what we're exactly. talking about. That's exactly right. And not probably. It does add to that. Uh, Drew from Flower Mount agrees with you, by the way. I agree. Austin Stogner will lead the team in touchdowns. And I wanted to add something earlier when y'all were talking about Florida State LSU. As I've said, I think FSU wins, and I think they can be a playoff team. I don't think LSU's defensive backs can match the physicality of Florida State's wide receivers. Florida State did really good in the transfer portal. Drew, um, they, they have a 6'7 wide receiver in Johnny Wilson that we saw last year in the Cheez-It Bowl. So maybe, uh, maybe physicality is an issue for LSU, but if I'm Florida State and Jordan Travis, um, Travis, I'm just throwing up to the 6'7 wide receiver and taking my chances this year. It's never a bad idea. Never a bad idea. And it's, it's, a, it's a 6'7 guy that has really good hands, too. You're, they're not just rolling a tree out there and saying, all right, we're just going to throw it up and see what happens. No, he can run. You know, he's got good hands. He can catch over his shoulder, everything like that. So, no, it's – yeah, we, we got plenty of plenty of examples of, of why to like Florida State in this game. But, man, those injuries to LSU, we'll see. Like I said, I, you can run on Florida State. I just I – don't, I don't know how much that running back room is going to hurt them. Uh, Knippel Meyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Keep it coming there. We'll get to that and a whole lot more. More college football, more OU football next right here on The Ref. The home of Sooner fans. Home for Sooner recruiting coverage. Home of your Sooner game day voices. Home of the best pre- and post-game coverage. Join the movement. Download the free KREF app now to listen anywhere, anytime. We are where diehard Sooner fans listen. It's the Rush on the Ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, John Whitson, live from Brown O'Haver in Moore, 1901 North Moore Avenue where they routinely get, uh, they get clients 30 to 40% more money other than doing it on their own. If you've experienced a loss from fire, theft, tornado, or water, you need to call Brown O'Haver, 405-735-5510. That's 405-735-5510. John, I'll start with you. Have either of you ever gone to the movie theater and watched an OU game? I think that used to be a thing at one point, maybe locally around here. Did you ever do that? Uh, no. No. No, um, I remember. I think it was a thing during the 2000 national championship game. Yeah, I think so. And then it was also they uh, when Moore Warren came out, they did a. I think they did an OU Texas game. But no, I I don't want to be around other people if I'm watching it at home, especially like, in a movie theater. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't need to be around somebody that's yelling stuff that's crazy talk, and you know what I mean. Like if I'm if I'm not going to be at the game, I kind of just want to be in my own. It's a weird space. atmosphere, isn't it? I would think. I, so. I, I mean, for a football game, Travis, what about you? You ever you ever done anything like that? Uh, I have not. I mean, I would try it out, you know. You don't want to knock it until I try it. But at the same time, there just seems like there would be a lot of potential problems and volatility, right? Like you'll undoubtedly in today's age of everybody trying to go viral, you'd have somebody in there screwing with people, trying to get stuff on video. 
you know, if there was a situation where opposing fan bases got in there, obviously in the dark, you never know what's going to happen, whether there's a fight that's going to break out, this, that, or the other. Um, yeah, I mean, the spacing of people, like if it's, if it's one of those spread out ones where everybody's uh, in kind of the loungers that recline, well, then, I mean, we talk about people standing up during the games. I definitely don't want people basically falling asleep in the game. So it just seems like a lot of opportunity for disaster. But disaster can be kind of entertaining sometimes. Uh, so as long as you've got, uh, you know, Brown O'Haver to come, uh, you know, dig you out afterwards uh, uh, with some insurance payments. I bring it up because ESPN is going to show 75 games in movie theaters this year. And ESPN will air – select week one college football games and select theaters this weekend. So you can go to the movie theater and select theaters and watch North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Tennessee, LSU, Florida State, and Clemson and Duke all this well, weekend. Listen, it, I'll tell you what, I'd be more likely to do it if it was Fox coverage with Gus and Joel. But I can't think of a well, ESPN. I, 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 I can't also, think of an ESPN crew I also can't that makes change. me want to go. I can't uh, oh, no. flip around to other games. The, it, the, the, the end no, hole, thank you. Listen, you either go live – or you go with the in-home experience that just gives you everything. I mean, all the channel changes, the Twitters, all, everything, that you know, your own bathroom, cheaper drinks. Like, it, it's either live or at home. Like, I don't even know why we're – you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand what ESPN is hoping to do. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I, just, I just can't think that there's going to be a lot of people that show up to the movie theaters with movie theater concession prices, by the way, well, I and, and want to go watch some to of these be games. Fa- to be fair, out in L.A., and Travis knows what I'm talking about, it's such a hard ticket to get a USC ticket that this will probably work <laughs> in L.A., right? I mean, yeah, because they just can't. They can't, you know, it's so hard to get that ticket that they're going to have to go to overflow in a movie theater or something like that. Hey, um, Travis, so Jackson Arnold, like we, we brought up this point a few times during the offseason of him playing this year of, well, he's good enough this year where he can help the team, but there's too much incentive to play him this year because he's going to be your guy in the SEC, right? We've, we've talked about that several times. It would make sense to play Jackson Arnold at times this year, not as a starter, but to get him quality reps so he's ready for the SEC. Well, there's another team, guys. I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's another team going to the SEC along with OU, and that's Texas. And I would guess that Arch Manning, they're thinking of him as their future in the SEC as well, and maybe as soon as 2024 – so we're talking about two quarterbacks playing this year for OU at times, Travis. I wonder what the heck Texas is thinking and what their plan is to get Arch Manning ready for the SEC. Because I I see all these mock drafts of where Quinn Ewers is going to go top 10, and I don't think that that's going to be the case. But I, I think Arch is going to start by at least next season. Yeah, and I'm living in a bit of fear, I have to admit, Tyler. Um because I know my Vikings are going to be drafting a quarterback because <laughs> Kirk is getting older. And this is this is a team, not necessarily the same front office, but this is a team that drafted Kellen Mond in the third round not long ago, who's now out of the league. Um, I'm, I'm living in a constant state of fear that my Vikings are going to screw around and draft Quinn Ewers. So I am praying that does not happen. Uh, that would That would – that would cause me legitimate pain until he was off the team. But, Tyler, the the Manning camp has said they want Arch to redshirt. So that's just – I don't think they can necessarily get him too ready, right? Because 
If the I mean, plan is really well, to redshirt, then you, yeah, you're the, extremely limited in that regard. Right. The, the, the talk down in Texas, though, right now, is that Malik Murphy is your second-string quarterback. Well, they're going to announce that tomorrow. They, yeah, well, he, I, well, he is well, and he should ahead. be. Because yeah. he is and he should be, right? And that tracks with the red, like the red shirt plans. And I'd assume that the Mannings had conversations with Steve Sarkeesian that that was probably a condition of the commitment was, hey, look, Arch needs to develop a little bit. Obviously didn't play against the toughest competition, this, that, and the other. Arch and on, you know, stand up. But you can't, you can't tell the Manning camp, hey, we're going to redshirt Arch and then put him as QB2. You simply can't. I mean, then you run risk of, man, you don't want to upset them. Is this a situation where, you know, he could be in the transfer portal at some point? You know, is Kirby knocking on the door? You know, this, that, and the other. Like, I just don't think, knowing that the Manning camp said he's going to redshirt, I don't think you can put Arch anywhere besides three at best. Yeah, I think, the, I think what Travis is trying to say there is Sark has very little decision-making power in this situation. <laughs> Because What's it's a, it's the University of Texas. I mean, this is I mean, is this not the most? Is that what you just said, Travis? The most Texas thing in the world? The uncles of the of the quarter of the second or third string quarterback will determine if he redshirts or whether he plays. Because it's the absolute truth. Because it's Texas. You know, would Nick Saban be taking this kind of direction from outside influence? I I find that hard. Not to even from Peyton. Even I, Nick Saban would say, yeah, Peyton, I don't think he sit would. Down, shut up. I don't think he would. And and. I do think Malik Murphy is probably more physically ready to be the backup. I think there is some practical things. I think it works out in this case for Texas that Arch is the third-string quarterback, is redshirted. I'll tell you, it gets really, really interesting next year, though, when he's been in the system a year, depending on how well Quinn does, because I don't think Quinn's going to go do well enough to be drafted at a high level. I think there's a chance that he has a very average, below average year. There's a quarterback that takes the job away, and maybe he's not even at Texas next year. That's what, I'll, yeah. I'll, I just bring that up because there is a chance that Texas is very unprepared at quarterback for its first year well, at the SEC. Well, the other thing, spot. too, is, is how do you keep Malik Murphy there when you start Arch Manning next year? Because you will start Arch Manning next year. Because he's Arch Manning. You didn't bring him in to sit him on the bench for two years. You brought him in to start. So it's the dynamics are fascinating in Texas as they always are, and you can pretty much count on them to make the absolute wrong decision. Here's here's or, my theory though. Here's my theory. So Arch goes to Texas. Everybody says, "Hey, he's going to redshirt. He's going to redshirt. He's going to redshirt." Well, I think he. You know, what if he redshirts again next year? Right, two years of redshirt, all the talent in the world. Right, number one recruit, Peyton Manning, and the Manning family. Pulls a Tom Brady, buys into a team, owns a team. Arch Manning never takes a college snap. Doesn't matter. Number one overall pick to the team that Peyton Manning now owns. Boom. There you go. Somehow I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever. Hey, we got to hit a break, but on the other side, uh, we've got major, major news for a college football game tomorrow night. It's one of the big games, one of the two big games, major news for one of those games uh, tomorrow night. We'll tell you what that is coming up next right here on The Ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe Sooner football? We do too. This is The Ref, home of Sooner fans. Central Oklahoma View of GMC Dealers bringing you this hour of The Rush. Major college football news for the Utah-Florida game tomorrow night, 7 p.m. kick. 
Cam rising status. He is doubtful and not expected to play for the Utes tomorrow night. So here you go, Billy Napier, six and seven a year ago, looking for a bounce back season. You get Utah, sure, on the road, but you get Utah with the backup quarterback who has one start in his career. Uh, it kind of feels like uh, Florida needs to go win this football game, Travis, if they uh, they hope to turn it around in year two. Here's their opportunity. Yeah, I mean, this is a kind of a no-win situation for them from just a PR side, right? Because if Cam Rising plays, obviously he I don't think he will by any means. Um, you know, that's a, that's a good win, right? If he doesn't, then you get the built-in. Well, of course, you know, their starting quarterback was out. Of course, of course, of course. Well, with that, you don't you might not get the momentum that you're hoping for, but if you lose that game, oh boy. Oh boy, that that seat that seat's going to get a little warm under Billy. Uh, especially, man, I'm just not a Graham Mertz dude. Like I know people, you know, national people, oh, he's been looking good. He's been looking good. We've seen Graham Mertz. I'm not impressed. Florida's future quarterback DJ Lagway will be a dramatic upgrade. I, I imagine that he'll play as a freshman. Um, but right now, I, I just don't think they have it. It's going to be a close game tomorrow night, John. This may be like a 17-13 to 13 type football game tomorrow in Salt Lake. I'm still taking Utah. In a close one? Yeah, I'm still taking Utah to win. Yeah. They, they, just, they need Cam Rising back, man. I, I think Utah can win the Pac-12 this year, Listen, but dude, they can't win it without if, Cam Rising. If Florida – they, they beat Utah last year, but if Florida can't play well like they did all year with Anthony Richardson, I don't know how they're going to do it with somebody else, Graham Mertz or whoever it is. I mean, you couldn't win more than five games. They couldn't throw a touchdown pass with Anthony Richardson And he's last starting year. for the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. Utah and Florida, going to be a fun football game tomorrow night along with Nebraska and Minnesota. Final hour of the ref is coming up next. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. At 405-651-3439. Right here on the home of Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans. K-R-E-F, Norman, Oklahoma. And streaming live on the K-Ref app.